Welcome back to CCW Insider, where you hear about the matches and stories from wrestling's last territory, Coastal Championship Wrestling. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website, database, tracking pro wrestling from around the world. In episode number four, I'm talking with a driven young tag team, TSF. That's Rosario Grillo and Hunter Knott. They've been training at the Nightmare Factory, and you may recognize them from their work on AEW Dark. These guys have a lot of confidence, and they're challenging the South American Alliance for the CCW Tag Team Championships this Saturday, April 30th, in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm also going to briefly speak with CCW Executive Director Nelio Cuomo Costa about Channing Loring. Channing recently made his debut on NXT Level Up, but fans of CCW will know him as the mother lover, Jake Tucker. Let's first go to TSF right now. I'm talking with TSF, the team that will challenge the South American Alliance for the CCW Tag Team Championships this Saturday as CCW presents Game On in Nashville, Tennessee. Guys, welcome to CCW Insider, Rosario Grillo, Hunter Knott. Uh, thank you for being here with us today. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, seriously. Thank you for having us. And hey, that sound, CCW Tag Team Championships, Dude, that sounds right. so good. Woo. Right. Hey, gold goes with our hey, no, 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 no. That sounds fantastic. Ah, oh, we, ah. we are going to get into this. We are going to get into this as we get going <laughs> on the show. Um, one. But before, yeah. before we talk about the South American Alliance, I can tell you guys are eager to uh, send a message to them. I want to first kind of roll back and talk about you guys and, uh, you know, were you, I, I want to find out, were you big wrestling fans growing up or is pro wrestling something you fell into in adulthood? Hunter, we'll start with you. I mean, what's your uh, what's your background there? Um, so our two wrestling stories are a little uh, different. Um, Perfect. I'm 21 years old. I got into wrestling whenever um, I would say a good time to say is about when like Cena returned at the Rumble, I believe 2008, right? Okay. So I was eight at the time, and that's about when I started like really delving into it. And I watched it up. It says I'm a big Cena guy. Um, I don't know if that's a question in the future, but uh, Cena's a <laughs> wrestler. Um, so I watched wrestling up until about Punk left, I would say, which is like what 2013, 14, 2014, January 26, 2014. I, okay, oh. I would. I would <laughs> Oh, I'm not even going to ask. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so I would say probably 2013 then I fell out of it. Um, when I was about 18, 19-ish, I kind of like started seeing it on Twitter again. And I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. Um, so I was following it on Twitter a bit. And then I remember in uh, 2019, specifically, I threw on a random episode of Raw. It was when Bray was doing the uh, Fiend packages of yep. like the Firefly Funhouse stuff. And that's truthfully when I got back into wrestling and I saw the stuff that AEW was doing. I thought that was really cool. And um, it kind of sparked my dream back again to be a wrestler because I didn't think it was an option when I was younger. But kind of falling back into it gave me that hope that like, oh, I think I could do this. All right. So God, every, time, yeah. every time we tell this story, he makes me feel so old because uh, I'm 20. I'm 28. So <laughs> we uh, we grew up in a much different era of wrestling. Uh, the first time I ever watched wrestling was uh december 6th 2001 it was a segment uh with the rock vince mcmahon and rikishi um if you don't know what that segment is go on youtube or peacock and uh 
you'll understand why my story of being a wrestling fan is a little weird because that wasn't a traditional segment. Uh, <laughs> don't know why that's what caught my attention, but it did. And then here I am 21 years later, still watching wrestling. Uh, like Hunter, I did fall out for a bit. Uh, you say you were going to ask how I know uh, when Punk left WWE. It's because that's the day I stopped uh, caring. Because Punk oh, yeah. was my favorite wrestler, is still my favorite wrestler. And to be honest, that date just popped in my head. Like, I always knew it was January 2014. Didn't know the exact date until it just came out. Uh, but yeah, when Punk left, it was tough. Like, he was my favorite. And I felt like the program, it was going downhill. And then Cody leaving WWE and going out and going to the Ring of Honor in New Japan is actually what gave me uh, a new discovery of wrestling. It was the first time I really had watched indie. Then I'm not talking Ring of Honor New Japan, I'm talking like NEW and shows like that. That's where my fandom came back. And then I went to All In in Chicago and I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Why am I not wrestling? And then I followed that up by going to Mania 35 and I was like, this is the last wrestling event I will attend as a fan. From here on out, every wrestling show I go to will be as a wrestler. And that was the last one I ever went to. And then here we are. Wow. So those are very different stories. But but you both kind of had a, a falling out for a period of time. Then you came back to it. So uh, I, I am going to ask, you know, uh, Hunter, you had mentioned some John Cena stuff there. But uh, I was actually going to go from a tag team route. Okay. Starting with you, uh, Rosario. What are some of the tag teams that you guys have drawn sort of inspiration from that people might see come out in a TSF match? Oh, I'd say top three is uh, FTR, FTR, and then oh, that third one's probably got to be FTR. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just checked out the same list. <laughs> um, no, seriously, FTR is probably uh, what we do the best, and we've been very fortunate in our young careers to sit down with the with those with those guys, and you know, just just learn from them, and just being there live when they get the wrestle has taught us so much, and just we. Once a month, I think we watch uh, DIY in the revival at NXT. At like I think that's like our monthly tradition. At least once a month, and then we follow that up with the American Alpha match. Uh, so I'd probably say them, but kick it old school, Hunter. Would you like to kick it old school for us? Yeah, Who sure. We... Arn and Tully, of course. Arn and Tully. Okay. Uh, we enjoy going way back. before your time. I know, way right? before both of us. Before my time. But because yeah. um, you always got to go back to the roots. Wrestling doesn't change, um, and the people who were back then did it one of the best ways. Uh, so we definitely try to get a little bit of old school in our work. And FTR obviously has a little bit of an older school style too. Um, but we do watch other tag teams. Like we do watch the Young Bucks. Um, we kind of take stuff from them here and there. Not take stuff, but make it TSF style, as we like to say. Um, so we do like to add a little bit of everything into our work that makes us TSF. Yeah. There's a, you know, not that we always say it. And again, it's kind of ripping off FTR. I'd be like, we can do all the flippy stuff. Hunter can do a perfect backflip and land on his feet every time. I can do a moonsault. We can do springboards. Well, he can springboard in. I can do the Jericho one. Uh, but we just choose not to because most of the time, that's just the way that wrestling has gone. So if you're like sixth, seventh on a card, most of those matches are already done that stuff. Who's locking up? Who's working the arm? Who's working the back? Who's working the leg? That's us. That's where we come in. And then, you know, we'll bust that stuff out every now and then. If you check out our DPW match, Hunter busted out a beautiful backflip. I did. I did. Yeah, so I guess it's it's special, though, when you guys do it because you save it for those moments, right? Exactly. So your Instagram, both of your Instagrams say, 
you are the team, capital T, capital H, capital E, of the Nightmare Factory. Explain that. Uh, I'll take this one first. Um, so let's let's start off this. Camp one of the Nightmare Factory, the very first class of the Nightmare Factory. Class one? Rosario and I debuted. And we didn't debut as TSF yet, but we debuted together. Together. And we haven't been apart since. Um, so that is the reason why I will stick to our name of the tag team of the Nightmare Factory because we do everything together. We are an established tag team and we will forever be an established tag team. And if not, I don't think TSF will ever split apart. I think TSF will always be a thing, regardless mm -hmm. of what happens in our future. The TSF will always still be there. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And to expand upon that, there's, I don't know if, if you or the viewers have seen the Nightmare Factory Showcase. There's one, two, maybe three tag matches in there sometimes. None of those guys are tagging. None of them stayed as a tag team. We did. We are the representation of the Nightmare Factory. We go out across the country representing the Nightmare Factory, showing what's possible, what you can do if you go to that school and you just learn. And that's what we're doing. We're going everywhere. We are going to start being the Thanos of the tag team wrestling and just collecting all the jewels from different promotions. So that's why we always say we are the tag team of the Nightmare Factory and the fastest rising tag team in pro wrestling. Right no before we got on here, that. yeah, right before we got on here, Hunter sent me a rocket and a moon gif or uh, emoji. And I was like, I already know what that means. It means just TSF to the moon. <laughs> All right. So you guys have, you know, in your in the previous answers you've given, it, it's apparent that you have not been wrestling that long. So the Nightmare Factory, talk to me. How did you get there? And did you, was that where you started training or did you have some training before that and then you went there? What was your journey to the Nightmare Factory? Um, so we both kind of have similar-esque stories to how we got there. Um, like I said, we were part of the very first class that they held. So whenever Cody put that first tweet out on Twitter, it was a really big thing. And again, that's when I started getting back into wrestling. Actually, that summer, I took a trip out to uh, Colorado. I don't know if you've ever heard of Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Um, I did one tryout there. That is all the wrestling experience. And it was a tryout. So it was like strength training and like conditioning and stuff like that. I haven't even been inside a ring. Um, I came back from that and I saw that Cody put out that tweet about the factory. And I was like, okay, I feel like this would be a tremendous place to start my career. I'm from Pennsylvania too. So this is 20 year old me, I believe 20. Yeah, 20 year old me um, figuring out what I'm trying to do with my life at this time. And like, okay, well, I'm gonna shoot a shot. I'm gonna fill out the application, see what happens. Um, I'm in the shower and I get a missed call from QT saying, oh, hey, this is QT from Nightmare Factory. Um, you're accepted, blah, blah, blah. Like, can you come? And I'm like, absolutely. Let's get this thing rolling. So we moved down to Georgia and uh, we started our training in September of 2020, both of us. So uh, before we go to, to Rosario, what do you think it was about your application that made you stand out? So I am a very honest guy and I'm a very open guy. Um, I, I'll be completely honest for a second. I don't think anybody has drive and like, you know what I mean? Like the will to grind, not just me, but him as well. Uh, we both have very, very special mindsets that are like, well, hey, we have to do this. There's no other option. Like this is going to happen. Nobody can stop us. So I was just very honest with my, uh, they have you fill out like a response area, like a little summary paragraph type thing. And I was completely honest with them about what I wanted to do and my route in professional wrestling that I wanted to take. Sounds like your uh, same as your FTR answer. You, your wrestling was your plan A, your plan yep. B, and your plan C. Yep. Sorry. How about you? How how, how about your uh, story to get to the Nightmare Factory? 
Uh, yeah. So uh, to make a long story short, uh, I had gone through a bad breakup and then uh, COVID hit and then I had lost my job due to an injury and COVID. So a lot of things were not going my way. And I had actually deleted all social medias uh, for like a whole year, except for Reddit. Just That's just how I got my wrestling news, which, you know, very reputable source, Reddit. Uh, but one night I was scrolling through the wrestling Reddit and someone had posted that Q, uh, QT and Cody were doing this Nightmare Factory camp. And I saw it and I was like, oh, man, that would be really cool. And I always said, like, you know, if me and this person broke up and I lost this job, that screw it. Why not? I had nothing else to do. And we were still in COVID. And no one knew how long that was going to go. So I applied and then I filled out, like Hunter said, there's a little paragraph. I filled it out and I was like, after I sent it in, I was like, I feel like I went too generic. I feel like I didn't write from the heart. So I went back to the website. I found the email and I sent them an email saying like, hey, I know I submitted an application, but I feel like what I said doesn't represent what I actually meant. Here's why this would mean a lot to me. And two weeks went by and I remember getting a call uh, from an area 973 area code which is new jersey i believe that's what it was and i recognized the number from the site and i was like there's no way this is happening and it was qt and he offered me the spot and i was like okay cool when's the start and he said it was like september 21st and i was like all right cool i'll see you then he was like you don't want to talk to your family and i was like nope he was like you're 100 committing right now i was like 100 committing i'm in i'll see you in a month and he was like okay and i hung up the phone sent the payment so he knew i was serious and just packed up my stuff and left. I walked downstairs and I was like, hey guys, uh, I'm moving to Atlanta next month uh, to wrestle. So yeah, and my family was just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, like I told you, I never wanted to go to college in the first place. I've always wanted to be a wrestler. So I'm finally gonna do something for me. So thank God you sent that email. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, thankfully I did. So let's talk about the, the AEW part. I know you've worked with at AEW in the past and you're going to continue to work for them some in the future. Tell me about the first time you were contacted, uh, starting with you, uh, Rosario. So thankfully the first time we got to go to AEW was together. Uh, we got to go as TSF, uh, and it was, it was just wild. I remember we were driving down. It was me, Hunter, uh, Dean Alexander. And I think, Alan Angels was with us, right, Hunter? It was the four yeah, of us. I believe so. I believe so. so we were all driving down. Oh, no. And uh, the Renegades were with us, too. Charlotte and Robin yeah, were with us, too. Yeah. yeah. So there was all six of us in the car, and we were driving down. It was Hunter and I's first time. The sisters had been there before, and Dean had been there a couple times, and obviously Alan was signed. And for some reason, just all of us were nervous. We were all like, you know, it was a seven hour car ride, six hours of it. We were all fun and games. And then that last hour, dead silent everyone just was nervous as hell and i remember just it was silent and i was like I, i'm really awkward when it's silent. i always crack jokes in wrong times so i just remember going hey guys why are we so nervous it's not like we're gonna do great and then everyone started laughing and then like that just it ended up being a great experience we got to work spears and Wardlow, who were not only just unbelievably talented wrestlers but unbelievably great people as well sean is a fantastic coach Wardlow is an as we've all seen, a very fast rising star. Yeah. Hunter, anything anything to uh, to add to the story? I guess. Um, he kind of just nailed it right on the head because uh, every time we've been there, we've been there together. So um, how he speaks is he speaks exactly how I speak as well. So that's basically how the story went. TSF. 
one brain. All right. Well, I'll throw this this question to you then, Hunter. So you you made your tag team debut as as he mentioned against Spears and Wardlow. You also worked against guys like Butcher and the Blade and 2.0. What have you taken from <laughs> those matches in particular that have helped you sort of prepare for new challenges? So the biggest thing there um, that really truthfully for me that I've taken is like respect. And I'm just going to put it that way. Um, you go in there and first off, you're on one of the biggest stages in wrestling right now. That, that means so much. Just even being there, being in that opportunity, them having that trust in you to perform on that stage means so much. Um, so ever since then, like, I've always been a pretty humble guy. I try to be. Um, but, like, you really get humbled going there. Like, you're like, okay, like, this is where I want to be. I'm going to make it to this place. You know, everybody treats each other with respect in the back. Everybody backstage is just completely amazing when they don't have to be. So I try to take that in every single locker room we go into, I try to carry that feeling of respect, making sure I thank everybody, making sure I'm getting feedback from as many people as we possibly can to try to get better. Um, so that's that's kind of like an off answer, but that's probably the best answer that I could give you for that question. Yeah, it's, I would say respect and humbleness is what I've learned. Um, and just take the moment in. don't make the moment too big in your head to where you freeze up, but just always remember to take that just take that one second just to realize what you're doing and who you're sharing the ring with and where you're doing it we had that opportunity uh all out weekend we were in chicago i had gone to all in in that now arena and then here we are almost three years to the date wrestling in that arena and i just we were out there and we just looked around and we actually had some fans there so there's a little little tsf chant going that turns into a let's go jobbers chant which was hilarious <laughs> But I just I remember just standing there with Hunter and I was just like, look around, man. We freaking did it. Attention wrestling fans, the place to be each and every Tuesday is on the Coastal Championship Wrestling YouTube channel, where a new episode of CCW Alive Wrestling drops at 7 p.m. Witness the hard hitting, high flying action that is synonymous with the longest running independent wrestling promotion in the southeastern United States. Subscribe today and don't you dare miss it. All right, let's bring it back to Coastal Championship Wrestling. You guys are hunting Please. championships this week. Yes, uh, you, know, you guys were in the ring with the current CCW World Champion, Cha-Cha Charlie, last summer. Now, he wasn't CCW Champion at the time, but we still got to mix it up with him and Vince Steele. Yes. Uh, so I wanna, I'm going to ask... I've got two different questions. I'll give throw one to Hunter, one to, to Rosario. So, Hunter, what's it like wrestling a guy like Cha Cha Charlie who gets the crowd so involved and tries to dance with you and all stuff like that? What, what what's, what's what's that like? So, I mean, I'll say it's definitely a different experience. I don't know. I'm not a dancer myself, so the fact that he was able to get me to dance should show you right there how many how much power he has. <laughs> um, but it's incredible. Cha Cha really just brings energy to the whole thing. Like, I could feel the crowd that whole time. They really wanted Cha-Cha to win. Too bad TSF are some mean fools, those serious <laughs> fellas. Um, so, yeah, we were trying to lay the beat down on them. Obviously, it didn't work. The crowd was too much behind him. Uh, but too it was much. an amazing experience. Um, it was great being able to go after one of the big people in CCW our first time there. Um, very great experience, very nice experience. Um, but hopefully that, like, laid the platform for what we want to do in this company 
where we want to take this company as a tag team and our goals. Wink, wink. So, so Rosario, same match. What's it like working with someone the size, the <laughs> monstrous size of Vince Steele? I don't think he felt anything that I did to him the entire time we were wrestling. <laughs> I don't even think he knew I was there. He was just, I'm so small and he's so big. I feel like he just saw right over me. Uh, no, but it, it, you know, like Hunter said, the, the charismatic enigma that they have together unbelievable i don't mean to say the hardy boys thing you get what i'm saying (laughs) the like the charisma the charisma i'm sorry the charisma that they have together and just the energy from the crowd it's toxic it's intoxicating i should say um they got me and hunter to dance we're notorious non-dancers uh it's it's a big presence to have in the ring especially when you're getting your butt whipped yes but (laughs) again we were trusted to work with two great people the crowd was in it the whole time. Uh, you know, they wanted some respect at the end. And you know what? Even though we're the new guys, got to earn our respect. They wanted a handshake. We weren't ready for it. Show us what else you can do. And, they, hey, they've done a lot since we've been back. But we've done more. The TSF that they knew and that the national crowd saw is nowhere near the TSF that they will see Saturday, April 30th. Okay. And it's it's somewhat similar because this Saturday what you have – with the South American Alliance, you've got Ariel Levy, who's sort of this, the Chilean superstar, charismatic yep. guy. On the other side, other side, you have Brazilian giant Venetius. So you got another big guy. So you're kind. You know they've been up, unstoppable for like two years, but you, you know you, you start your CCW career. You've re, you wrestling Cha Cha Charlie and Vince Steele. Now you've got some guys that are they're very different but similar, charismatic and big. What's your strategy for these guys? Oh, listen, these smart fellas are not giving. Yeah, why do we? Why do we our our top secret files. Why do we give them away? You know, God, you're good so journalism. Smart. I have to ask. Hey, listen, we can't fault you for asking, but you can't fault us for not giving away our secrets. Yes, like I said, I will say we have been doing our scouting. Every time we were there, we've we've been watching Venetius. We've been seeing our wrestles. We've been watching Ariel. Uh, we we know we saw his match with Pedro. Uh, at his one CCW show. So we've been doing our scouting. So we're not going to go into it lightly. Okay. Well then, last question, maybe more of a request for comment. What is your message to the South American Alliance? If you guys can't hear me, I'm having a little bit of difficult. We can hear you. All right. I don't know what is going on. I'll start this off since he's having some technical difficulties. This is great. DSF, like he said, we are a completely different tag team than we were when we were there in the past ECW national shows. We have been different places. We've been to DPW. We have been across all different types of states. Um, And we're ready. We are ready for this challenge. Um, We've been there three times. Three times is all we needed. Three times is all we needed to see what you guys can do. We're smart. We're two smart fellas. I'm back. If you don't think we know what we're doing going into this, I'm definitely not Rosario Grillo. That's not me. Yeah, no, um, no, I'll fix it. What you're doing in this whole thing, you're wrong. You're wrong. Would you like to take any uh, any floor and talk? So, sorry, I'm back. What was the question? <laughs> Technical difficulties. It it was less of a question, more of a request for comment. What message do you want to send to the South American Alliance? Two years, you guys have held those belts and you guys have been on top. 
everything's got to come to an end. Taker has to lose a streak. Roman's going to eventually lose those belts. And At some he point, had... it's just become too stale, fellas. Exactly. Exactly. And it's time that TSF gets some gold to match their gear. Black and gold are our colors, so why not wear them around our waist? Just think about the things that we can do for the titles and how we can elevate them. Hunter has this beautiful Twitch stream, Wrestle House Live. If you haven't subscribed and followed, go do it now. Check it out. We can wear those titles all the time. There, we have the Wrestle House vlog on YouTube. We can wear them on there. We can bring them to promotions where we're just dominating tag teams. I will even go to Walmart with them on and just get publicity that way. Imagine those the money we can bring you guys. The money Dude. we can bring you guys. It's right Dude. there. It's right you there. You don't know how many messages we get weekly. When are you coming back to CCW? When are you going to be in Nashville? When are you guys going to be back? We need TSF. We have to have TSF. And we're back. Not only are we going to be the fan favorites, we're going to be the tag champions. Not to discredit anything they've done, but we're going to credit ourselves and say we are really the fastest rising tag team in pro wrestling. And it all starts April 3rd. CCW for the tag titles. That's some facts. All right. Well, that is a hell of a message. So <laughs> make sure that they, they get that message. So Rosario Grillo on Twitter and Instagram, it's jgrillo23, Hunter Knot on Instagram and Twitter, hnot12. So make sure you follow those guys. Like we mentioned, they are fighting the South American Alliance this coming Saturday, April 30th in Nashville. Tickets are available now at Coastal Championship Wrestling FL.com. Get some tickets. You're going to want to see this. These guys are calling for new champs. And bring your wallets, folks. Oh, uh, yeah. We have a lot of 8x10s, stickers, and t shirts that we know you want to buy. And seriously, tickets sell fast. So make sure and get yours now. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Holy crap, did those guys have a lot of confidence, and I guess we should all wish them luck as they take on the South American Alliance this Saturday. Now let's push things over to Nelio Como Costa as we have a brief conversation about the mother lover, Jake Tucker. Jake Tucker, uh, just what, a week, two weeks yeah, ago. Channing, you'll never be Channing to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to memorize Come that. on, Mitch. You're the mother lover, Mitch. <laughs> Channing, yeah, man. No, but he crushed it. I mean, he has this, he has that charisma, you know. Um, it's funny, too, because uh, he, he always uh, said that the, his his um, his weakness was his tag team wrestling, so now you're going to get real good at it. So, uh, But he, he's, he's just uh, that guy since the first time I saw him. He's just such a great – uh, uh, he's just such a hard worker and such a creative guy that, uh, you know, after I'd seen him first match, I was a little bit like, uh, you know, I like guys with big size and stuff like that. I was a little bit like, Oh, who's this guy? You know? Uh, uh, and then I, first time I met him, first time he sent me a promo, first time I met him in person, I knew that guy was special. Like, uh, he, he had a special charisma. And then once I actually got to know him and I saw how hard he worked, uh, and works for this. Uh, there's nothing that can stop that guy. You know, whether whether no matter what his size is, I expect that guy to do great things. You know, yeah. Um, he's a he's a prototype uh, Dolph Ziggler. You know, maybe maybe they'll get a second shot at uh, Dolph Ziggler, and then maybe this time they can make him the megastar that Shawn Michaels was. You know, um, yeah. He's just one of those guys that when he's when he's in the room, there the attention's on him, right? 
Yep. It's not like you know, and he doesn't no, in, in like in the in the back in the in the back, he doesn't bring the attention to him, but it's still on him. Like he's sitting there and he's laughing and he'll make a, a, a joke or a, a, a little sarcastic remark or a, uh, even with just a smirk or whatever that like the, the attention is on, is on him. You know, sometimes I make fun of him about it because uh, uh, I feel like, like every, like uh, uh, you're not you, Ryan, not you, Ryan, but every wrestling journalist uh, seems to have like an obsessive love over Jake Tucker from the beginning. <laughs> When nobody knew who he was, he would have every like journalist, like a uh, wrestling journalist, like wanting to like you know be all up in his stuff. But it's also proof proof that they could see from when they first saw him that he had it. You know, he didn't train. He didn't train at CCW. He was trained by Tom Pritchard, who's a world class trainer. Uh, and Tom Pritchard uh, uh, was one of the guys who who said that's the guy you want to use this guy. Uh, and uh, I know that he was like a. a already obviously trained when he started working with us, but he worked a lot of matches with us. And I feel like we got him to that next level. I hope sure. uh, uh, he worked a lot of matches with us, a lot of television matches with us. He worked angles with us, stories with us. And I feel, and I, and I know, you know, from talking to him, obviously he puts a lot of it on um, Tyson Kidd and Natalia, who he, he sure. did a lot of training with them as well. Obviously Tom Pritchard is initial training, but he really cares about, you know, what we get for him as well. I still talk to him all the time. And I told him, if you see anybody who doesn't uh, uh, get signed uh, by the WWE in a tryout and they're six foot four, six foot five, I told him, send him my way. So uh, uh, maybe we'll be, you know, Jake Tucker will be like my little informal agent or, or Mitch or, there you go. or whatever, Channing, whatever you want to call him, will be my little informal agent to make us the new land of the Giants, you know? Well, that's our show. And you might remember from last week that I mentioned we were planning to have Chase Stevens on the show. Well, that's still the plan, and we may even have him on next week. Drop us a comment on who else you'd like to see on CCW Insider. You can follow us on social media. I'm Minutes to Bell Time on Facebook and Instagram, and Mins to Bell Time on Twitter. Be sure to watch a live wrestling every Tuesday on the CCW YouTube channel and follow Coastal Championship Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next week. You have been watching CCW Insider, produced by Minutes to Bell Time in association with Coastal Championship Wrestling.